So if you have your Bible and would like to read the scriptures that the Lord has laid upon my heart, we are going to turn to the book of John, chapter 20. John chapter 20 and begin reading with verse number 24. John chapter 20, begin reading with that 24th verse. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him, or within, and Thomas with them, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in their midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord... And my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And I'm going to stop reading right there today. Ask you to just bow your heads. Let's pray together and ask the Lord for his help in ministering his word. All right. Father, we are thankful today. For your eternal word, we're thankful for you. Thank you for blessing our lives. Thank you for meeting with us here this morning. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here in our midst. Father, today we come to the reading of your word, and I pray that you would illuminate what you have laid upon my heart. Help me to impart it unto these that are here. I would ask this morning, Lord, that you would give us liberty in the house of the Lord to share your word, and I pray, God, that you will anoint us for the work of the ministry, that you will let Jesus be glorified, that you will edify the body of Christ, and those that are here this morning, that your name will be exalted and lifted on high, and that our lives will be impacted by your word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful and we thank you for them and we ask them in the precious name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So I want to title my sermon this morning, The Significance of the Nails. The Significance of the Nails or the magnitude of the nails that held Jesus to the cross. So let me begin this morning by giving you some context concerning the scriptures that we have read this morning. 
We read in our text, and as we read that text, we must understand that Jesus has already been crucified. He has already experienced the grave, and he has been raised from the dead. With the cross and the tomb behind him, the text records that this is one of the first appearances that Jesus made that would reveal himself to his disciples. The disciples are locked away from fear. They're locked away for fear of the Jewish leaders that had instigated the death of Jesus. The disciples are filled with fear and uncertainty. They are filled with an anxiety and a concern, and so they are hidden away, locked behind closed doors, and suddenly, out of nowhere, the door is shut, the doors are locked, and suddenly Jesus appears unto them, says to them, peace be unto you. So our text reveals that Jesus reveals himself and made himself known to the disciples that were there. They are astonished. They are amazed. They are, they are absolutely overjoyed and rejoicing that the Lord has, has, has revealed himself and that he is there again. But the text tells us that Thomas was not there. One of the disciples called Didymus, Thomas, was not there. The Bible doesn't tell us where he was or why he was not with the others, but he meant Thomas was not there. And when Thomas did arrive, the disciples began to tell him, we have seen the Lord. He has revealed himself to us. And Thomas said, I don't believe it. I can't grasp it. I, I can't. I, except I put my finger in the nail prints in his hand. Except I put my hand into his side where that spear was thrust. I, 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 I cannot believe and I cannot receive. Except I see the nail prints in his hand. And eight days later, the Bible tells us that they were all once again. So under the same circumstances, they are overridden with fear. Under the same circumstances and in the same kind of situation, they are locked inside this room. And Jesus appears unto them. And Thomas is there this time. And Jesus says to him, the Bible said in that 26th verse, after eight days, again, the disciples were within and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in their midst and said, peace be unto you. And he says to Thomas, reach hither your finger and behold my hand. Reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless. Be not faithless, but believe. And Thomas, when he saw him, his reaction was, my Lord and my God. Amen. What I want you to notice this morning and what I want to bring out to your attention is that Thomas believed because of the nail prints in Jesus' hands. 
Thomas believed because the nails that had been driven into the hands of Jesus and the nails that had held him to the cross had left a lasting impression upon our Savior's body. Thomas believed because of the nail prints. Scripture teaches us that there were four nails driven into the cross that day. One nail in each of his hands, one nail into his feet, and a fourth nail that we often forget about that was driven into the sign that was nailed above his head. This is the king of the Jews. I would submit to you this morning that the nails that were used in those days were not like the nails that we would find at the local hardware store in our day. The nails that we would find are polished and smooth, but the nails of those days, they were rough and crude and ragged and jagged. They were nothing more than a spike. But the nails of their day and our day, amen, they have the same purpose. Nails are, of course, used to attach, to bind something together, to make, amen, or to, to bring something into a permanent state of connection. Nails are used to fix or adhere something together. Nails are associated with building and construction. Nails are connected with developing and joining or assembling something together. Jesus, I have no doubt, was very, very familiar with nails. He grew up in a carpenter shop. I would submit to you that there were many times that Christ in that carpenter shop took nails and had built something and affixed it or permanently put it together and put it into a, into a permanent state of establishment because of the nails. Growing up in a carpenter shop, no doubt there were many occasions that Jesus used nails to bind or to build or to fasten something together. What I want to point out to you this morning and what I desire for you to see is that when John writes the words of Thomas in the 24 or the 25th verse, when, when John writes those words and records the words of Thomas, amen, he, he, he says in, in, in our Bible that Thomas said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. The Greek word that John used that is translated in our Bible print is the Greek word topos. It means to establish or to form something, to fashion or to fix together, to, amen, put something in a fixed pattern, topos. Amen. It is the same Greek word that the Apostle Paul used when speaking in the book of Romans about the doctrine that we have received and, and that has been delivered unto us through the gospel. In Romans chapter 6 and verse number 17, Paul would write and use that same word. Paul would write, but God be thanked that even though you were slaves of sin, Yet you obeyed from the heart, get this, that form of doctrine 
which was delivered unto you. Paul is saying that the form of doctrine that they received, the, the topos that they received was immovable. It was a permanent blueprint. It was a fixed pattern. It was a, a permanent enduring prototype. Amen. That form of doctrine, what Paul was saying is that form of doctrine that was delivered unto us was a belief system that was fixed and established and nailed down at the cross. What I'm saying this morning is that when we read where the, where the Roman soldiers had crucified Jesus and they nailed his hands and his feet, amen, when they nailed the body of Jesus to the cross, there was something else that was nailed down that day. Beloved, what I'm saying this morning is when the Roman soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross, something more took place at that same moment. And while it is true that they physically nailed amen, him to the, to the cross, they physically nailed his body, amen, there was something more that was nailed down. I submit that at the same time there were other things uh, that were being nailed down, other things uh, amen, in our form of doctrine that were being fixed and established and being permanently confirmed and, co and permanently constructed. Amen. The four nails I want to share with you this morning. Amen. Nailed down not only the body of Jesus, but I believe that they nailed down the faithfulness of God. Those nails nailed down shut the door on Judaism. Those nails uh, closed any other way and they nailed down the love of God forever. Consider with me this morning the topos or the form of doctrine that we have received. The a fixed, permanent, constructed word of the living God that has been given to us because of the nails of Calvary's cross. The Spirit began to speak to my heart this past week. And I began to just talk and think about the nails and talk with the Lord concerning the nails and, and, and talk about how not only they had nailed down the body, but some of the other things that they had nailed down Amen. Symbolically, they've nailed down in our, in our doctrine or in our form of doctrine that we have received. And the first thing that I want you to see this morning is that God's faithfulness, amen, God's faithfulness has forever been settled because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. The, the faithfulness of God has forever been settled for us because of the nails that held him to the cross. Notice the complete dependability from God's word. If you were to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, for all of the promises of God in him, in Christ are yes and in him, amen. Amen. To the glory of God through us. In other words, Paul is saying that every promise that God has made is yes and amen. And amen just simply means so be it. Amen. His promises are yes and so be it because his son was nailed to Calvary's tree. 
Paul is saying that Jesus is the guarantee of every promise that God himself has made and that all of God's promises are yes and amen in him. Beloved, let me tell you, we can stand firm this morning knowing that every promise in the book belongs to us because God has made himself faithful because he made his faith faithfulness was nailed down at the cross of Christ we can stand firm knowing that every promise in the word of God has been nailed down and established it has been amen assured to us because of the power of the cross let me share some scriptures with you this morning Psalms 119 verse 89 through verse 90. This is what the scripture says. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Verse 90. Thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness is to all generations. How many of you know that's us? Psalms 80, 89 and verse 1. The psalmist said, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord with my mouth. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Isaiah 25 and verse number 1 says, O Lord, thou art my rock. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name for thou hast done wonderful things and thy counsel of old amen and your faithfulness and and your truth is forever settled lamentations 3 21 through 23 the scripture says amen this i recall to my mind and therefore i have hope it is the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning and the writer closed that that verse uh, by saying great is thy faithfulness uh, can I tell you this morning that God is faithful to those that call uh, upon his name God is faithful and his faithfulness uh, was nailed down at Calvary amen we can have assurance uh, amen because of the cross of Christ First uh, mm. Corinthians 1 and 9 God is faithful by whom we were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. First Thessalonians 5 and 24, faithful is he that has called you who also will do it. Second Thessalonians 3 and 3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. 2 Timothy 2 and 11, the Bible said, it is a faithful saying that for if we are dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And listen to that. If we believe not, yet he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. 
What the scripture is saying that even if we are unfaithful, God is going to prove himself to be faithful because it was nailed down at the cross of Christ and in Christ God has swore to be faithful unto you and I. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. The Bible said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Let us hold fast to the form of doctrine that was established and, and affixed there at the cross. Let us hold fast our profession of faith without wavering for he is faithful who promised. When John the Revelator had a vision in the book of Revelation 19 and verse number 11, he said, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon the horse was called faithful and true. What I'm telling you this morning is because of the nails of the cross, it nailed more than just the body of Christ to the tree. The nails of the cross of Calvary nailed down the faithfulness of God. The nails established and fixed or permanently bonded God to the word because of the cross of his son. Number two, the second thing that the spirit began to speak to my heart is that God has made Jesus the guarantee of a better covenant and he nailed shut the door on Judaism. He nailed shut the door on Judaism. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? Amen. He established a new covenant with us. He established a new covenant with us. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 22 said that God made Jesus the surety, the guarantee, the surety of a better testament he gave, he made Jesus to be the guarantee of a better covenant. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, the scripture tells us that when he died, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50. When Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost, the Bible said the veil in the temple was rent in two from top to bottom, and the earth did shake and the rocks rent. According to the first century historian Josephus, that veil that stood in the temple that separated the holy place from the holy of holies was about 60 feet high and four inches thick. And when Jesus was crucified and nailed to Calvary's tree, the Bible said when he died that the veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. What did it signify? It signified that there, amen, there was a brand new way to come unto God. Understand that in the Old Testament, the only individual that was ever allowed to go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelled was the high priest. Only once a year on the Day of Atonement. But when Jesus was crucified and that veil in that temple was rent, it signified that we all 
now have access into the very presence of God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. It means that Judaism, amen, was a thing of the past and that the law that and all of its regulations were no more, amen. It signified that we were no longer under the Old Testament system. It signified that we were no longer under the Old Covenant law. It signified that there was a new and a living way that had been opened up for each of us. And God nailed the old Mosaic law to the cross of Jesus. Pastor Gary, can you prove that with scripture? I'm glad you asked. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. This is what the scripture says. Blotting out the handwriting and the ordinances that were against us, which were contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. What is he saying? Colossians, Paul is that writer that wrote the book of Colossians. Amen. The new King James says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Like handwriting, wiping off a blackboard, it's no longer there. Like a, a spot on a window or a mirror that's cleaned and wiped away, it means that it's no longer there. When Jesus took our sin upon the cross, he also took the law and nailed it to the cross there and moving forward forever, it has been moved out of our way. How did he do it? By fulfilling it. Let me just tell you this morning that it was contrary to us because we could not keep it. We could not do it. We could not perform it. We could not live up to its holy expectations. And if we offended in one area of the law, we offended in every bit of it. And Jesus came to fulfill it, to do it, to walk in it, and satisfy the justice of God on Calvary's cross so that we could be made complete in Him. We don't stand in our righteousness, but we stand in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ because He fulfilled the law and moved it out of our way. Amen. This is what the scripture says in Galatians. The Bible asks a question. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? What was the purpose of the law? Here's what Paul says in Galatians 3.19. It was added because of transgressions. Until the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Do you remember when God made Abraham a promise that he would make of him a great nation and in him would all of the families of the earth be blessed? He said in his seed. Paul is saying that Jesus was that seed. And when the seed came, the purpose of the law was to bring us to Christ.
The, the law was added because of transgression. It was added until the seed or, or the Messiah to whom the promise would, uh, was made. It was added until the seed would come. Amen. Understand that the Old Testament law served as our schoolmaster. Amen. Leading us and bringing us to the day that Christ would come. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring Bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Amen. But he goes on to say, but after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. We are no longer under the law. When Jesus was nailed to the cross of Calvary, it nailed shut the door on the law and Judaism and a brand new way was opened up for us. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. It was added until the seed or Christ should come and provide God's permanent salvation. Now that Christ has come, now that the seed has come, and now that Calvary is past, now that the sacrifice of Christ has been accomplished and settled, Judaism and the old law have been moved out of the way. Nailed shut are the requirements of the law. Nailed shut are the requirements of the Old Testament priesthood because now we have an eternal high priest who has sat down at the right hand of God the Father and ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Nailed shut are the law's requirements of burning incense and sacrificing bulls and goats because what the blood of bulls and goats could not accomplish and could not complete. Amen. The blood of the Son of God has completed forever. Nailed shut are the law's requirements of keeping Sabbath days because he has become our eternal rest. The Bible says in Romans chapter 7 and verse 6, but now we are delivered from the law being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Amen. We have been delivered from that. Romans 6, 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Pastor Gary, does that mean that we are lawless? Does that mean that we are unregulated, unruly, and unrestrained? No, it means that now being filled with the Spirit of God, amen, God has now given us the ability to walk in the law or walk in the newness of life in Christ and fulfill all of the law, amen, through love and not regulation. Let me share scripture with you in Romans chapter 8. Verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the Spirit or the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. Get this, for what the law could not do. What the law was unable to accomplish because it was weak through the flesh. 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. And for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Amen. That the law of righteousness uh, of the law or that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in those who walk in the spirit. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. What he is saying is that our relationship with Jesus has enabled us to obey God out of love instead of out of regulated fear of the law. He's saying that we have been given a love heart or a heart of love that longs for Christ and therefore we fulfill the law by allowing that love to lead us and guide us. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4. If we try to go back to the old law, Galatians 5 and 4 says that Christ is become of no effect for us. Whosoever of you are justified from the law, you are fallen from grace. You are fallen from grace. Amen. What he is saying is don't try to go back and unnail the door that was shut. On Calvary, don't go back and try to undo the door. You frustrate the grace of God by doing that. God made Jesus the guarantee of a better covenant and nailed the door shut on Judaism and the law. The nails of the cross permanently established a new covenant for us to walk in. Number three, amen, I want us to see that the nails... Uh, of the cross nailed closed every other way or every other avenue. There are not multiple ways to get to heaven. There's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. John chapter 10 and verse number 9, Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. He was talking to a Jewish crowd that day when he made that statement. They understood exactly what he meant. Amen. You see, there was only one door into the tabernacle, into the wilderness. There was only one way to get into the presence of God, and it was through that one door that was on that tabernacle or that tent in the wilderness. And when Jesus said to them there that day, I am the door, they understood exactly what he meant. He said, if you are wanting to get to God, you have got to come through me. If you're wanting to get into the presence of God, then I am the door. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And no man can come to the Father except by me. When he died on the cross, uh, those nails closed shut every opportunity of every other avenue except through Christ. Mm. Jesus said in John 10 and 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth in not by the door, but climbs up some other way the same is a thief and a robber. There are those this morning that try and claim that there are multiple ways to be saved. There are not. There's just one. His name is Jesus. 
His name is Jesus. You say, Pastor, that sounds awful exclusive. I didn't write it. I'm just delivering it. Amen. You take up that exclusivity thing with him. There's only one door, one way, and one name. Number four, the fourth thing that I want you to see is that the nails of the cross nailed down the love of God forever. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in our sin, the nails that were driven into the hands and the feet of the Savior, the nails also permanently fixed the love of God upon us. He commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Isaiah 49 and verse 15 says, Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion upon the son of her womb? She may forget. She may forget, but God says, Yea, I will never forget you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always, he says, even to the end of the world. Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Bible said, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. John 3, 16, the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and he goes on to say for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 Paul said I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord Ephesians 2 and 4 says but God who is rich in his mercy for with his great love wherewith he has loved us amen what I'm saying this morning is that there on the cross of Calvary amen those nails not only nailed down the body of the Lord Jesus Christ but it nailed down God's eternal love for each and every one of us the significance of the nails this morning the nails of the cross did more than just hold the Savior to the tree symbolically they permanently fixed or they permanently established the topaz the form of doctrine that we believe and we have received in our life. Amen. Whenever you think about Calvary's cross, remember this morning that the nails of the cross nailed down 
God's faithfulness. They nailed down the door shut and closed to the Old Testament ways and opened up a new covenant for us. Amen. The nails of the cross settled forever the direction or the way that we get to heaven. The nails of the cross nailed down God's love for each one of us. How I thank God this morning for his faithfulness. Amen. Has he been faithful to you? Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God that we no longer live under the old covenant ways. I mean, that, that right there ought enough to just, you know, make a Nazarene shout. <laughs> Thank God we are no longer under the old covenant ways. Thank God we have been set free because of Calvary. Thank God that the way for our salvation has been opened through the name of the Son of the living God. And when we call upon him in faith believing, amen, he said, all that come unto me I will in no wise cast out. Thank God for his eternal and everlasting love. You've heard me say this before. If I was God, I'd have gave up on me a long time ago. If I, if I was God, I'd have thumbtacked me to the wall years ago. But he just keeps on extending his grace and his mercy and his love. Amen. It's new every morning. Thank God this morning for the nails of the cross. They nailed down more than the body of Jesus. Bow your head. They nailed down the topos, the form of doctrine that we have received through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you this morning for giving us the utterance to speak. Holy Spirit, I pray that you make clear what I have endeavored to share. Thank you that your faithfulness has been forever settled, Father to us because of the cross. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that, that you have forever settled your faithfulness and your love and your grace and mercy toward us, that forever the old covenant has been removed and we walk in a new covenant of grace with your Son. Thank you that Jesus is indeed the way Thank you that you have enlightened our hearts to the path of Jesus Christ. Thank you this morning, oh God, for your goodness to us. I pray this morning, Jesus, that as we leave from this place today, we will go rejoicing and giving thanks for the nails the nails that held our Savior to the tree, the nails that nailed down the topos, the doctrine that we have received by his grace and by his mercy. Let our hearts rejoice in your word and in his work and rejoice in the cross 
I pray in Christ's name. Stand to your feet all over the building. Go ahead and come and sing.